welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, uh, reminding you that this is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is your place to get all of the latest and greatest Titans info. Uh, coming off of a huge win tonight, we're going to break it all down for you. Joined as always by the biggest J.J. Watt fan, the biggest O.J. Simpson fan on Twitter, Easton Freeze. Easton, how are you tonight? Mm, I was doing really well until that <laughs> comment. There you go. Um, all right, before we jump in, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at jmorrismcm. You can follow Easton on Twitter at Easton Freeze. Um, the Titans, listen, shock the world again, right? It's the Titans' mo, and uh, you know, on one hand, it's surprising, but on the other hand, it's not. The Titans, like like we said last week, they seem to play their best football when everybody has counted them out. So the Titans go to Los Angeles as a I don't know what it closed at seven and a half. Point seven and a half. half. Yeah, so something like that, and go in and dominate this game basically from start to finish. Um, the offense, you know, wasn't great, but they didn't need to be. The defense won another game for the Titans, and so I mean, obviously a lot to break down here. But the Titans go to Los Angeles and get a twenty-eight to sixteen win over the Rams. Uh, you know, the Rams, a team that. You know, most people thought was a Super Bowl contender, or, or I mean, the Super Bowl favorite, maybe even to come out of the NFC. And the Titans, like I said, I mean, basically dominated it from start to finish. Now, it didn't start off great, and you know, the offense sputtered in the beginning, but the defense won the game here. And it seems weird to say because of how maligned this defense was last year, but. You know, it's time now to start to have a conversation about this defense actually being good, right? I I don't know how you can't. I mean, the the defense was incredible this evening and um, against one of, if not the best offenses in the entire league, they held them to turnovers and field goals until garbage time, right? And so um, the Titans' defense... uh, and when I talk about how great the Titans defense is, really we're talking about how great the Titans front four and Kevin Byard are, right? Because it's those, it, frankly, it's it's those five folks making all the difference. And that's not to discredit some, I mean, let's say the Titans pass rush because there's some, there's some really great linebacker play. Uh, Jam Brown played really well this evening. David Long played really well this evening. Um, but it's it's been Kevin Byard playing the, the best. He's he's the best safety in the league right now, pretty undeniably. I think uh, he's playing some of the best ball we've seen him play as a Titan. And the front four is terrifying. It's uh, pretty undeniably the starting the starting front for the Titans on defense is four elite players that can all that are all liable to get to the quarterback on any given. Uh, play and and they're doing it just rushing four they're not they're not blitzing all all the time they're blitzing incredibly rarely for the past four or five games it's been that way and they've still uh managed to say i mean the rams came into this game having allowed just eight sacks on matthew stafford which was the fewest in the league and the titans sacked him five times tonight so yeah, and listen, the, the the rumors of Kevin Byard's demise were greatly exaggerated, right? Greatly I mean, exaggerated. <laughs> last year, you know, the, the Kevin Byard is no longer good at football narrative. Trade. Um, yeah. Trade him. Right. I, I mean, Get him it's, out. It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. And it's, 
there were issues all up and down the Stevens last year. Communication, coordination, you, you know, however you want to put that. Obviously, there were things going on there that extended well past what was going on, you know, on the field on game day, right? And, you know, you heard that hinted at in press conferences and stuff. They didn't come out, you know, outright and say it. But if, if you watch these games, it was, it was obvious to see. But the biggest story here is, like you said, this defensive line is really, really good. I mean, maybe the best in football. Simmons had – Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks tonight. It has to be top five was, or three in, in football. I, yeah. I, that's a step that I'm absolutely going to look into this week, but it has to be, right? And it's just funny, like, watching the – you know, as this game went along, I mean, Danico Autry early in the game was wrecking everything. And then Jeffrey Simmons comes and wrecks everything after him. And it's just like, I, I don't know. And somebody said, maybe it was Mike, I don't know who it was on Twitter, talking about Chris Ballard and all the – you know, the Colts GM and all the cap room that they had, and he decided not to, to not to re-sign Danico Autry. And right. so, I mean, obviously, really, really appreciate that from him, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you've paired Autry with Simmons, and there was so much. I mean, I mean if you if you watch the games, the people that actually you know like take the time to watch the games and understand what's going on, understood what happened with Jeffrey Simmons last year, right? Early in the year, he was making plays. And then as the season went along, offense is figured out. You don't really have to account for anybody else. You just have to block Simmons. And right. so they took him away. And so then people were like, oh, my gosh, Jefferson Simmons is not that good. Well, now he faced the most year, double and triple teams in the back half yeah, of last season in the entire league. Right, absolutely. And so now this year, when you've got Danico Autry, you've got a legitimate guy next to him. You've got Harold Landry, who's playing as one of the best offensive linemen, or, I mean, one of the best outside linebackers in the, in the league this year. You know, w- all those things come together, and then all of a sudden, they can't put all their attention toward Jeffrey Simmons. And Jeffrey Simmons blew up this game tonight. I mean, he had three sacks. He had the pressure in the end zone that resulted in the, in the interception. And Speaking of which, the Titans, I, I need to ch- I'm going to have to check with uh, the stats and information people, but I'm pretty sure they have now set the NFL record for most uh, week, most consecutive weeks witnessing a quarterback make the most inexpensive inexplicable horrible decision pass within their own end zone in a row which the record now lies at two, at two. they've done that two weeks in a row. <laughs> and yeah. the best part about that was i think it's terry mccauley who is the you know the the uh nbc guy you know everybody has their officiating expert now right um, when they go back and show that and the fact that if stafford just you know tucks that ball and gets sacked it probably goes back to the half-yard line, right? Right. Like, it's probably not a safety. <laughs> right. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just fantastic. I mean, you know, just great. But it, that would have given Simmons another sack. We had a four in this game instead of three, which is unbelievable. Right. And, you know, obviously it played out better for the Titans. But, listen, there's so much at the beginning of last week, you know, Derrick Henry's out for whatever the amount of, of time is. The regular season, I, I think we can safely say that at this point. The season's over. You know, there was so much narrative from the national standpoint of the Titans can't do anything without Derrick Henry. And listen, we saw the offense sputter tonight. They're going to have to figure some things out. But <laughs> this is a good football team, like, all the way around. How, and, is it not, how can you say it's not? Yeah. It is a very, very good football, ty- football team. And, and a lot of the narrative will, I'm sure, be around. And, and listen, we don't concern ourselves too much with narrative. But a lot of, a lot of the narrative will be around the fact that the Titans – got outgained nearly 400 yards to nearly 200 yards this evening. But I, 
Is it not the case that with other really great football teams, which I think the Titans clearly are, that the narrative in games like this are about how great teams manage to win? They find multiple ways to win, and the Titans are are often ballyhooed as a team that can only win one way, and then they lose their best player, who is their identity in terms of how they win games, and they win with the defense, which is apparently really terrible. Um, and so shouldn't that narrative be, oh, wow, the Titans can win in more than one way now, not, oh, wow, they got lucky, their offense still stinks, right? Yeah, you know, and, like, listen, we're not going to be a podcast that buys into the national narrative. Like you said, um, we, we don't really care about that, and I'm mean, right. probably interested to see tomorrow if it's about – the Rams choked or the tie. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right, but like I bring that said, up just to say yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. the takeaway should be, wow, they they can win in more than one way because, like, so at, at points it's been like, okay, maybe they're onto something about the Titans can only win one way because there'd be games when teams would shut down the run game and and they would lose and you'd be like, okay, well, maybe maybe they can't win with their defense. Maybe they can't win passing, but clearly they they can win in more than one way than just being dominant in the run game, right? Well, and they couldn't win with their defense last year, right? I, At I, all. No, no question about that. Like, the defense was not winning games last year. Absolutely. But now they can't. And so in a week – and listen, they're going to figure it out on offense as we go as we go forward here. I mean, it's not easy. They have plenty of playmakers. You know, you've got A.J. Brown. You've got Julio Jones. you got Ryan Tannehill. There's plenty of stuff. They fully met my expectations tonight. Yeah, the there's did. plenty of stuff left on offense to figure out. But, you know, it, uh, what, six days removed from finding out that the guy that the offense runs through is, is done for 10 weeks, what, whatever it is, you, you knew it was going to take some time for them to kind of figure out how to move Going forward. on their longest road trip of the entire year right. to a top-five team in the NFL. And listen, you, you don't have Taylor Lewan. You've got Bobby Hart playing We still left don't know what who, the heck happened there. That's right. the biggest mystery from yeah. this game, really. Well, and, and okay, so... You, you have two West Coast trips this year, and on both of those trips, Lawan isn't able to play. He was oh, that's I forgot a, about the Seahawks. Yeah, he was okay, second longest the trip. Seahawks. He was active tonight, but obviously was not going to play. So is is the knee – I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. We, we he didn't see the field week. at all, did he? No, I know no. That at I one mean, point he, early, they – Somebody met, I saw somebody on Twitter saying that he was in, but that I didn't see him, so I don't think no, that was no, true. No, I, I don't think he was ever out there. He was. I don't he think was so. Active, but he had a had a ball cap on all night, right? Right. So, I mean, he wasn't going to play. He popped up on the injury report. I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday, but again with the knee. So I mean, I don't know what's going on there. And well, it's strange too because in warmups he was in a helmet doing all the drills. He looked ready to play, and then he came out and never touched a helmet. So yeah. it's just strange. It's something. I'm I'm sure reporters will like press this week and they'll get answers they're not satisfied with. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vrabel's really good on you know giving in, injury information, so I'm sure we'll we'll find out everything we need to know there. But yes, um, a known injury news giver. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, Bobby Hart is playing left tackle. I have no idea who Bobby Hart is. Like, I don't know where he went to college. I don't even know when he joined this team. All right, and I follow right. this team as close as anybody possibly could. I have no idea who that guy is. Right. Um, but it sounds made up. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. Yeah. And they they won with him out there, so against a really good defensive front. Right. I mean, Aaron Donald, who's you know the greatest defensive lineman since I mean I don't know who. Um, was I mean he made some plays tonight, but they they threw the stat up at some point during the game about how the Titans are the only team in the NFL that he doesn't have a quarterback hit or a quarterback sack against. 
That's correct. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the Titans only play the Rams every, what, four years. I mean, so right. you, you, you get that to some extent. But, um, <laughs> listen, they, they didn't do anything on offense all night long. They are trying to figure out if it's going to be Adrian Peterson, if it's going to be Yante Foreman, if it's going to be Jeremy McNichols. It's, it's obviously going to be a rotation between the three of them. But they're trying to figure all that out. But they, but they went to L.A. and beat, you know, arguably the best team in the NFC. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's time to start talking about this team as a legit Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender and not just for those of us who are, you know, quote, fanboys, right? I mean, like, this is a team that week in and week out, and we said this, I, I, I said this from the beginning. You had this stretch right here, right, where it was Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, L.A. Defining had, month. Of right. The season. They, they had to get two of those. If they yep. got two of those, then you're in a great great spot. You can still win the division. You know, and this is this is when Derrick Henry was healthy. Right. Well, now they went and won all. They went and and got wins in all four of those games. As out as underdogs in as all underdogs. four. The Titans Absolutely. are now five and zero as underdogs this year, which is the the best record in the NFL. For any team, the the next closest is Arizona at four and zero. But they've been out; they have outright won in four games at Seattle uh, as six and a half point underdogs. Um, they they were uh, hosting Buffalo as six point underdogs, hosting KC as four point underdogs at Indianapolis as three point underdogs, and at the Rams as seven and a half point underdogs. So five and zero as underdogs, four four and zero in the last four four in a row. Wins as an underdog outright. Now, I think next week, hosting the Saints, they'll probably be a favorite. So, Titans fans should probably be worried, frankly, <laughs> against whenever whenever the Titans are are a favorite. Whenever Vegas starts to come around on the Titans, is when you should be most worried as a Titans fan. But that's a discussion for next week. Oh, and, and listen, I, you say whatever you want about Mike Vrabel as a head coach, but when he has a team that is an underdog that everybody counts out. That is the the most dangerous time for him. Like, He's a raw raw guy. Yeah, it, it's the it's the Saints game next week where everybody will assume that they're going to win. That that's the spot where they've had the most trouble. Correct. Since even the head coach. But listen, I, I mean, I don't really know what else is left to say a, about them as a team here because they've obviously been able to rally when everything's against them. You know, there's. You know, we live in this analytics age now where, like, everything is, if you can quantify it on paper, in a computer, in a spreadsheet, whatever, then this is what's going to happen. And there's not much credence given to momentum and, you know, in the locker room, that kind of stuff. But this team is kind of defying that in that, like, when they are looking towards a, a situation where it's it's like a no-win situation, there's nothing they can do, they're able to rally internally. You know, I, I think it was last year, the we all we got was the thing. I can't remember mm-hmm. which game that was, where that was kind of the thing that, that they were all kind of rallying around post-game. But obviously that's that's a big thing for this. I believe it was the Buffalo internally. game. Yeah, I think and you're right. And they'd been slammed they were, for all the COVID. They right. were on break, had the Tuesday game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think you're right. And so we're, we're seeing that again this year. And listen, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you've got to find you, – you have to have multiple ways to win a game. And it can't just be this one thing because teams can take away one thing. But you're looking at this team now, and in a night where the offense wasn't really able to, to consistently get anything going, the defense is able to prop them up. 
And, it, you know, if you can win both ways, then it, it, it's a really good thing to have. And, and we need to have a conversation around, like, what the offense did tonight because, it, it, like I said, it wasn't great. You know, Ryan Tannehill had the, the bad interception early, and we've seen slow starts from this team. I mean, that, that, that's kind of been a thing that they've done this year. That's been a bit of a concerning trend yeah. with him, hasn't yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, last week against the Colts, they were down 14 to nothing early. And so you've seen a little bit of that, but they don't give up. They don't panic. I mean, all that's going on. And late in the game, they were able to at least, you know, sustain a couple of drives to run time off of the clock. The defense is able to hold the Rams to a field goal. And I, mean, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, we try, it's, it's a long season. There's a lot of things that can happen, but it, you, you try to kind of stay, like not to get too high or too low. Right. But I mean, what can this team not do at this point? Like, where do you think, where do you look at this team and think if they get in X situation, there's no way they can win a game? Um, the whole team, uh, team dinner at Chipotle the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and listen, I mean, speaking of that, like AJ Brown had a rough night, right? I mean, there were two, it big, was not a very good night for two, him. No, two big third down drops for him, but I kind of worried there for a moment. That he was going to get back into those yips. He's had a couple of times previously. He's, he's gotten into a couple of ruts before and, and it starts with a couple of drops and you're like, uh Oh, it's not great too, and they, they they were bad drops too, right? They were just kind of a, just attention drops, a little bit of laziness it seemed like. So, but then he 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 got a big catch later in the game. So, but I just saw come across my phone that in his press conference he was very displeased with himself and how he played against Jalen Ramsey. And listen, I mean Jalen Ramsey, an elite corner in the league that the Titans own, but is an elite corner nonetheless. So, yeah, and, and can we talk about how? They walked back a, a an unsportsmanlike penalty call against one of the Ramsey. weird. There were a number. <laughs> I mean, this officiating crew put on a master class in really bad officiating tonight, and there were they were bad. Like that's an example of a bad call that went against the Titans. There was an egregiously bad roughing the passer call that went against the Rams that yeah. made me furious just as a spectator of football. So so bad. Um, and you know, it's hard to look in a game that was so, so dominated like that. It's hard to point to any one penalty, especially in a game where, you know, last week the Titans were the team that were really undisciplined in with penalties. They had, you know, double digit penalties for a hundred, 150 yards, something like that. It was just ridiculous. And they still managed to win against the Colts tonight. They only had one or two penalties, I believe, um, and the Rams had, I, I heard them say on the broadcast, the they had double-digit penalties, and it was the most penalty yards by far in the entire Sean McVay era as a coach there. So they were a much more disciplined team tonight on the penalty front. I'm curious, not not to, well, actually, yes, to take this in a different direction. What was your uh, feeling about the running back situation tonight? Well, listen, obviously late in the game, you know, they, they trust Adrian Peterson, even though he... <laughs> I thought it was hilarious they gave him a wildcat snap. That was odd, line, wasn't right? it? And yeah, he did not I mean, run it very well either. He stood straight up. Yeah, he's been here for three days. And, and, you know, Chris Collinsworth, to his credit, made that point multiple times on the broadcast about how he's running straight up and not behind his pads. Um, 
Oh, he's going to watch that game film this week and be very displeased with how high he was running all night. Yeah, and, and I think it was – I heard Buck Rising say a couple of times this week that Deontay Foreman was going to be the lead back. Um, you know, And he wasn't here either, right? I mean, they signed both of these guys to the practice squad this week. Now, Foreman was with this team last year. So, obviously, he has some understanding of the system, different offensive coordinator, but you know, not, not a whole lot has changed, it doesn't seem like. But so how it shakes out, Foreman ended up with five carries for 29 yards, McNichols seven for 24, Peterson 10 for 21. I, I don't think it's that surprising, right, that, that Peterson would look a little bit rusty. I mean, he hasn't played football this year, and he's Absolutely. 30, 36 years old. Right. Um, so, but, I mean, I, I think going forward you're going to have to see it, it's going to be a three-man rotation, right? And Total Mc, committee, yeah. Yeah, McNichols, his role did change a little bit. They were giving him carries that he hasn't gotten earlier in the year. It felt a little forced, frankly. I, I don't. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I didn't love that. No. I mean, I, and I thought coming in. Yeah. And I thought coming in that it would be he he would have the same role, and Foreman and Peterson would kind of rotate through the the Derrick Henry role, if you will. I mean, nobody As did I. him, right? Um, and, and I think that's probably what we'll see once they kind of settle in. But again. Right, you're, you're what four or five days from finding out that the guy that your that your offense runs through is done. Yeah, so, uh, no, it's a hard it, shift. Yeah, it's going to take some time, and you're you have two guys that are that are rotating through that that weren't here last week. You know, we were having this conversation this time last week, or I mean, I guess even I guess we recorded on Monday night, but even Sunday night last week, neither Peterson nor Foreman were on the roster. So right. it, it's going to take some time to, to kind of figure that out. But I think once the dust kind of settles, you're going to see – I mean, I think you sh- I think Foreman deserves more carries. I think he should be the lead back ahead of Peterson. I agree. But I think you're going to see those two guys rotate, and then you're yeah. going to see McNichols kind of settle back into that third down type role. Yeah, in terms of just the eye test, I, th- I mean, I think it was pretty clear that Foreman looked like the the best – running back out there and granted he's probably closer he's probably performing closer to his ceiling than adrian peterson is performing right now and not to say that peterson's ceiling is dramatically higher i just don't think based on that performance you i think it's just kind of a mystery as to what he's capable of once he gets back into playing shape and shakes the rust off a little bit but um i think foreman looked like the the most potent back especially in terms of what the titans look for in a back early down bully between the tackles type runner. Right. Yeah. Um, he was running with the full head of steam and with some burst. And I think him and AP and AP, and it, it was this, it was this way in Detroit and Washington, the last couple of teams he was on where he got meaningful snaps, where he was a, a really effective goal line runner. I could totally see that kind of being the general mold they fall into Peterson and Foreman getting the early downs with Foreman getting, you know, two thirds of those snaps, McNichols being the third down guy, and then Peterson being the goal line guy. If I had to guess today, and granted, a lot can change. It's just one, like you said, one game on very, very little preparation, um, both rusty, not having played in a while. But that kind of seems like where they'll head uh, for the stretch of the rest of the season. Yeah, and they're they're going to figure it out, right? I mean, now you've got tape on both of these guys. You can kind of see what they what they can do and rotate them in that kind of way. 
as far as I know, Julio Jones made it through four quarters in this game. He was did. Still healthy at the end, right? Um, who knows? I mean, I mean, what was it? The was it, I guess the Chiefs game was the last time he played. He, he where he mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, this is the cold. You know, it, it was yeah it was so weird. Quarter. He was out, and mm-hmm. then the week before the Chiefs game, he practices on Wednesday, practices all week, plays, and then doesn't practice all week, heading up to the Colts game. So I mean, I don't. I hesitate to say, you know, that he's going to be ready. He, he's ready to go, you know, next week against the Saints. But it, it didn't seem like there was any type of setback there. And, and we know going forward that the offense is going to have to run through Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, right? I mean, that that's what is, is going to have to happen. Um, and, well, you and know so, what the conversation tomorrow morning is going to be? What's that? OBJ is looking for a contender, and it sure sure looked like a contender on Sunday. Is is the, is this the game? Was that the game that convinces OBJ to come join the Titans? Absolutely, will be the talking point on the internet tomorrow. You can just take that to the bank yeah, right now. And listen, like it, it, I, I think if you're John Robinson, you're crazy not to explore that, right? I mean, but I, I don't think he ultimately ends up here. Um, I do not either. Yeah, but I mean, so you've got these two guys that should be enough to carry this offense going forward. You know, if they remain healthy, they absolutely are. Right. right? Yeah. That's the thing. Assuming health. And I mean, that's always a caveat in the end. And, and here's something you might disagree with. And the three tight ends they have, I think are going to be, I mean, we've seen it in the last couple of weeks. They've become a much bigger part of the game plan in terms of the passing game. And as much as everybody likes to be very meh on Anthony Ferkser, crap all over Jeff Swaim and be massive Michael Pruitt simps on the internet. Um, they all three look pretty capable in the passing game, at least um, to be a, a great stable of rotational guys. I mean, Jeff Swaim is making some really impactful receptions, yeah. right? I mean, for Swaim has four targets, four catches, 29 yards, a touchdown tonight. Right. The the one of the more confusing things has been the fact that Anthony Ferkser hasn't taken a big step forward this year. I mean, right. I think we all kind of ex- expected that coming in, and it hasn't happened. But yeah, <laughs> listen, J- Jeff Swain was big tonight. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they they found him a couple of times when you know he had a big third down catch. Uh, you know, to to extend a drive. Um, you know, obviously had a touchdown catch where it looked like you know Tannehill could have had. He he had him. Michael Pruitt was you know kind of the flat there. He was wide open as well. Um, and, and listen, like the I guess it was the fourth and goal, right? Where Tannehill takes the takes it around and the naked boot and just walks in. Right. I mean that play is uh, to give credit undefeated. To, to no, Mike. yeah, Mike Miracles on Twitter. That's what he says. You know that that play is undefeated, and to, just to have that in the arsenal is is unbelievable. Again, th- it's getting are, to the point that it's funny they get away with it, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. <laughs> it's on tape a bunch, guys. Well, they do this a lot down there. And, and Collinsworth made the point on the broadcast that like there were no receivers on that side, right? I mean, that's None. that's Tannehill touchdown or bust, right? And it it it, it worked, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it, it's just amazing. It, it's amazing that those things continue to work. And again, having a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill who has the ability to do that kind of stuff is, is such a weapon. Very and it, It's underrated in, you know, when we talk about this team and everything that goes on there, um, just having the ability for him to, to be able to do that type of stuff is, is such a such a big deal. 
that I really do feel like is underrated that it's especially I mean we we that follow the Titans closely know about it but but from a national perspective I I feel like a lot of the narrative is still Ryan Tannehill with the Dolphins you know and listen that (laughs) that first interception he throws tonight you're like oh boy here we go but he, he rallies and that's the thing of this team like it just and I don't know in in the past, I have been critical of Mike Vrabel, and I think you know there have been some in-game decisions that have been questionable. But I really feel like he's continued to grow as a head coach. But I feel like this team takes on his personality in that, like, even when things are going poorly in the beginning, you don't panic. You stay the course. I don't know. that He just seems to be a very steady presence for this team, and you see that reflected in the way that they play in these games. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, you do. Um, listen, the Titans have an incredibly favorable stretch coming up to finish out their season. The The biggest and baddest remaining opponents, um, if, if, based on today, I guess the Jaguars, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the Saints, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Niners, who got embarrassed today by Colt McCoy, and then the rest is just a bunch of, Lawn chairs and deck furniture. So listen, they're at seven and one, or excuse me, seven and two in sole possession of first place in the AFC. Um, they have a two-game lead on everybody not named the Baltimore Ravens, who have a, a incredibly difficult last four or five games. I don't know off the top of my head what they are, but I have I remember looking at their schedule more than once this season and thinking, "Woof, that's a rough end to the season." Um, so the the red carpet has been laid it it is theirs for the taking for nashville to be where the afc comes through in the playoffs and to get what will be i'm sure a, a very helpful buy in the first round if they claim that number 1 seed but um it's going to take it's going to take a couple of bad stumbles here down the stretch they it's it's kind of wild that they still have 3 games to play before they get a buy right yeah. i mean every every week it feels like the Titans can't possibly be more beat up than this. I mean, the amount of scotch tape holding this team together, it feels like it is a disaster waiting to happen, that it's just about to fall apart. And then somehow they come out of the next game and you're like, oh, they somehow are more beat up. Okay, cool. So that guy, Jeff Mabin, who were like, who the heck is this guy? This is a disaster that he's playing. All of a sudden, you go into the next game and you're like, oh, I wish Jeff Mabin was playing. Um <laughs> You know, yeah. they they really could use the rest, but they've got three lesser opponents. They got a two-game homestand coming up after they just finished up a two-game road stand against two really tough opponents. Um, and then they go to New England, and they get a much-needed buy in Week 13. So the Titans are in the – they have done everything right this season except for – The Jets, yes. The Jets against losing, except losing to one of the worst teams in the league and losing to one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Well, and it's Greg Maven, right? I mean, again, and a point there that, you know, he was, he was patient zero last year. Uh, Wait, so what did I, what did I call him? You called him Jeff Maven. Jeff um, Maven. Yeah. But, well, the, but, that's, that's the point, right? But, it's like, yes, yeah. This random guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. That That's the, yeah. That's so the I'm thing. so, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. So you're sorry, good. Mr. And Maven. like. Yeah, yeah. Christian, Christian Fulton is still on IR, right? The guy who was... He will be coming back. Coming, right, coming into format as their best corner. And it's such a good point that there's three games here left before the bye. Two home games, two very home winnable games. 
against the Saints and the Texans. And like you said, an extra week there to get healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot can change between now and then, but it's when you look at the schedule initially and, and you have such a late bye, I mean, like I said, you never know how injuries are going to play out in, in, at the beginning of the year. You don't know if it's good to have an early buy or a late buy. But as we sit here right now, it's really good that they're going to get that extra, you know, rest late in the game, late in the season. And plus, they don't play their Thursday night game until December 23rd. So then you still right. you get that little mini buy or whatever, you know, later in the year. Yes. So, I mean, I mean, things are setting up really well for them. Like you said, I mean, the Jaguars beat the Bills today. So who knows? A lot of things can change as we go through an NFL season. Right. But – there's no reason to not be really confident about. To be fair, Josh Allen beat the Bills, right? Yeah, both, right. Both yeah, yeah. So the Josh yeah. Allens. All right, <laughs> there the you Bills. go. So I don't know, man. It's wild. It's just I don't. You, you watch that game tonight, and it, it's just the the defense winning games. The defense winning a game against the Rams would have been nothing that I would have thought we'd we'd be talking about. I mean, even a month ago. But you know, as you move forward with the Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry injury and all that stuff, but here we are, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I hate to, like I said, I hate to get too high or too low on a team because there's so much that can happen. But it's really tough not to feel really good about where this team is and and what they can be going forward. And again, we talked when we recorded Monday night, I guess it was, right um, after the Derrick Henry news and, you know, the, the doom and gloom that was in a lot of places, especially nationally, but, you know, even locally. Season was I mean, over, man. Yeah. It still is over. Right. And then, you know, to sit here six days later and, and to be having a very different conversation, um, I mean, it's a credit to those guys in that locker room. It's a credit to Kevin Byard, like like we, you talked about from the beginning, I mean, a guy that has really – you need your stars to step up in these types of situations, and, and he's been able to do that. So, uh, listen, I, I mean, it, it's you, – you have a really positive outlook going forward. And Titans fans have to feel about as good as you possibly yeah, can right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. They should absolutely enjoy this one. And, uh, yeah. yeah, they're in a great place, the Titans are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know yeah. There's not else. a ton else to say. I was going to say, I don't know what <laughs> really else is, there is to be said about this game. So – um, great win uh, there on the road, and then hopefully, you know, the 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 I guess the biggest concern coming out of this is David Long got hurt on that last drive. Um, right, guy who's been playing very well, uh, you know, had the big interception uh, when Stafford threw that ball out of the end zone. So we'll we'll see what the status is there. Walked but, off under his own power, yeah, but he's yeah, really so gimpy. That, so we'll see. Good. But you know, this time last week we didn't know Derrick Henry was going to have the injury he had. So that's right. David Long could be deceased at this point. We yeah. wouldn't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> yeah. But listen, uh, you know the the arrow is pointing way up on this team, and way up. You know something that we weren't we weren't sure what what the conversation would be like. At, you know when we had when we recorded last Monday night. So good things there. All right. So I think that pretty much covers it for tonight. Again, BroadwaySportsMedia.com is your place to check out everything that is the recap of this game and, you know, getting for, getting ready to look forward to the Saints game next week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Easton is at Easton Freeze. Home Run Throwback is the podcast. Just search that out wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the Titans um, 10 this week, my other podcast. Titans 10, Easton does that podcast, what, two times a week? 
We're gonna do a third time this week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tuesday night, Wednesday, or Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday morning, Friday night. Gotcha. All right. I saw you were catching some grief on uh, your recording schedule there. So uh, that's right. Well, yeah. we we're we're slowly figuring it out. They're coming out. They should come out those days. If they don't, they'll be coming out close to those days. There you go. All right. So same deal there. Wherever you get right. your podcast, home run throwback, Titans ten. Check those two things out. All right. For Easton Freeze. I am Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.